Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The Browns have been officially eliminated from playoff contention following a disappointing and confounding Christmas Eve loss to the Saints. The Browns are 6-9 and and have two games left. The focus shifts to Deshaun Watson and his efforts to regain his Pro Bowl form that we have not seen to this point. Here to discuss everything is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. Hey, Chud. Hey, Scott. Happy New Year. Same to you, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I I will say this, though. Uh, if if you change the word year to season, I just want it over. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't take any more. I mean, I really can't. Like, I, I'm not excited about it at all. Like, I mean, and it's not even that they're eliminated from the playoffs because I mentally eliminated them, eliminated them before sure. that game. Sure. But if they win that game, you know, they're still they're still alive. Right. Yep. It, and it's just it's just the way that game went down. I you know we both picked them to win. I, I felt pretty comfortable they were going to win, especially with the way the Saints played on the road, the cold weather, a dome team. That was just man, especially for the fans that went down there in the weather and wanted to be part of that scenario. Just what a disturbing loss. I, I just. You know, there's so many that have been bad this year. You know, the Jets, the Falcons, you know, I, the, we can name many more, right? But right. this one, it just, it put me over the edge. I'm, 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 you know, just so frustrated with this team. Yeah, I, I, I get that, Judd. Um, disturbing. Yeah, disturbing is a good word. I, you know, when the weather is as bad as it was on Christmas Eve, right? They, I kind of want to give a little bit of leeway, except the Saints were 0-6 outdoors before that. The Browns get them down 10-0, where it feels like the Saints are on the edge of quitting. At least that's the perception, right? Like, okay, just push them over because they don't want to be here, whatever. But they're fighting for their slim playoff chances, just like the Browns were. Uh, and then the Saints went to their bread and butter of a game plan, and the Browns didn't have enough of an answer. And it was direct snaps to T- Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. And that was good enough for, I think they ran for 156 yards, something like that, against the Browns. They had the 17 unanswered. They turned a interception off a tip ball, which, you know, we can talk about the decision to pass as much as the Browns did because, you know, that wasn't a terrible throw from Deshaun Watson. You know, it was 152 rushing yards. Um, it wasn't a terrible throw, but receiver David Bell kind of got caught up and got bumped a little bit. So he's half a step late of where he should be. So he's got to reach out his hands. The ball's hard. It bounces off his hands. It's a pick. All of a sudden, they're set up in scoring position, right? So like, it was just this boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, the Browns are down 17-10, and then they couldn't. You know, score that last touchdown. We know what happened on the end. You know, the end there. Donald Peoples-Jones couldn't catch one. David Njoku couldn't catch one. But to get back to my point, it felt bigger than a couple of plays, right? It felt like this was a mindset game. It was supposed to be the Browns in Cleveland in terrible weather. Use that to your advantage. And the Browns didn't. And uh, they just didn't because a dome team – from Louisiana, the play they can't win outside. Came here and he raced the ten nothing deficit and won the game. And 
I think you're right. If you're a fan, that's got to be troubling. If you're the organization, it's got to be troubling. And it's just another example of this team not either being tough enough and or just doing enough to win games when the opportunity was there. And that's what my one of my um, takeaways from the locker room after the game was. The guy like Joe Batonio, who is really hurt because the Browns keep losing, right? He's been here nine years. They've been to the playoffs once. He was talking about blown chances and the leads that got away. This one came earlier than the fourth quarter, but Falcons, Chargers, Jets, right? Where fourth quarter leads blown. You change a couple of those games, it's a different season, but the Browns could not finish games, and it happened again against the Saints. Yeah, 17 unanswered points, and it's just incredible the, the philosophies and how much more we passed than they passed, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, you know, they, they definitely went with the running attack, and, and it seems to me, and I know, you know, fans complain, run the ball more, right. this and that, and sometimes it's like, listen, I mean, you know, game flow depicts things. There's certain, you, you can't run a guy 30 times a game, but I, I just really feel like it's incredible that the, the team that won this game, well, that was the game plan, and, and that should have been us, right? I mean, shouldn't that have been more of our game plan? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make that argument. It's certainly been more of the Browns' game plan, no doubt about it. I mean, Andy Dalton for the Saints completes eight passes, and I think Marcus Mariota, when the Falcons beat the Browns, completed seven passes, right? So, yes, it's 2022, and I've, I've fought on the other side with you just in general that it's 2022, you need to throw the ball, you're not going to win consistently being a team that runs it 40 times a game, right? And that's not how the Browns want to play. Like, there's no illusion. The Browns, yes, they talk about being a run team, and in this, in reality, they run it more than just about anybody in the league, but not yeah, to the sure. status, right? But not to the satisfaction of a lot of fans, and that's because of Nick Chubb, it's because of Kareem Hunt, it's because of the offensive line. But there are certain games where, in certain situations, where it feels like that should be the blueprint. And certainly, in twenty-five mile per hour winds, in wind chill at minus sixteen. It felt That's like the key. a right. It felt like a run the ball game. Now That's I, the key. Right. Now I do have to say that the Browns ran it 34 times and they threw it 31. And then he was sacked two more times. So call that 34 and 33. But eleven of those dropbacks were the last eleven plays. So at one point it was like 34 21. So that's you know, that's closer to what people envision, right? It's 34 runs, 21 passes. Um, but the reality is that the, the Saints ran it better, 152 to 124, 3.9 a carry to 3.6 a carry. And I, I think fans are also upset about there were a couple short yardage situations and the Browns threw the ball down the field. And that feels like you should just be able to turn it to Nick turn to Nick Chubb and if it's third and two give him two cracks at it and you're going to get a first down now I'm not advocating for that all the time but certainly when it doesn't work and you throw a deep corner out to Donald Peoples Jones and 25 mile per hour wind and Watson overthrows him then it's easy to second guess that and I have no problem second guess second guessing that decision in those decisions now 
I will say Kevin Stefanski tried handing it off to Kareem Hunt on third and one, and it got stuffed, and they got to throw that play out of the playbook because it's the same third and one play that did not work oh. on that first drive in Cincinnati, right? And it's they, not like, how many times are you gonna? How many times have they gone to Kareem Hunt this year on third and fourth and one? Well, it's incredible, right? Right. At least it feels like a lot. At least a handful, and it hasn't that that two back. And we talked about how they should do more two backs. But when they use it in that situation, they go, Kareem Hunt is that up back. Maybe it's just alarm bells go out to the defense. Um, but it hasn't worked in two critical situations, right? The two two late losses to Cincinnati and New Orleans, those plays have been huge. And they haven't gotten them with that up back handoff to Kareem Hunt. And, you know, I'll say that it's not like Chubb was killing it. You know, he averaged three point eight to carry and a lot of those they're getting a lot of yards on that last drive when they committed to him early before they threw it at, at the last nine or ten plays. But, you know, that doesn't mean you can't stick with it, right? So I get it. I'll, I'll never make the argument that they should throw the ball a hundred times. But I, I will listen to the argument that against New Orleans in that weather that it would have been a better play, a better, it would have been smarter to mm -hmm. run the ball more and I think another evidence of that is the drop balls, right? Um, you can say, oh, well, Amari Cooper could have should have caught a touchdown. Well, it's hard right. to catch touchdowns when the turf is soft and your feet go out from underneath, right? David Njoku should have caught that ball at the end, but it's hard to do it when, you know, I think Alex Van Pelt called the ball a slippery rock, right? So a lot goes into the passing game, not just – can you throw it and catch it, right? Like, there's a lot involved in it, and it's simpler to run the ball, right? There's less stuff that can go wrong. And I don't get long on this answer, but one more thing. I felt like the Saints won the game with the direct snaps to Hill and Kamara. And the Browns failed to do that enough with Deshaun Watson. The one obvious time they did it was on the 12-year touchdown run. It was a direct snap to him. He runs a sweep left. Nobody touches him for a touchdown. And you didn't see that again. Or if you did, he ran, I mean, he ran, wound up running three times total, right? Three times for 24 yards. Where was more of that? Because you gain a blocker when your quarterback runs. And I asked Stefanski about that on Monday. He said the Saints brought a safety into the box, which is probably why they threw it, because, you know, the Saints were trying to take away the run. But it felt like the Saints had this design that was working, and the Browns could have gone with a similar scheme. And did not, and, and I really think that cost. You're not going to drop a ball when you're unless you fumble. And I right. mean, you know that that scheme it was incredible. It was incredible, and that's coaching. You know, that's coaching. The uh, the Browns got out coached in this game, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem saying that, Chud. I, I don't. Um, you know, and it wasn't the same gashed in the run game that they've been so many times. And I just posted a story about. Um, Joe Woods falling on the sword saying, you know, it's all coaching in the run game. But, yeah, I, I think there were certainly adjustments made. And, again, that's been a theme this year, right? The Saints, and, and I read a quote from one of their coaches yesterday, that they were waiting to get to the Hill-Kamara combo, right? They wanted to see how the Browns were playing defensively. They threw it a little bit early, and then they switched at the end of the first half. After the Browns got up 10 nothing. They switched, and they had a lot of success with that. And the Browns, on the other hand, got off to a good start. Or not, they started slow, but then they scored the 10 points. 
and they took advantage of that Grant Delpit interception. They have another field goal drive, and then they stall, right? They weren't able to make, at least it's how it looks, weren't able to make the adjustments to figure out what New Orleans was doing, or the adjustments they made were unsuccessful. So, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, the, eventually that all leads up to coaching, right? And the and the Saints had a game plan that yeah. worked better. Now, you know, we can argue if the, if the Joker mm-hmm. makes that catch, then it's the tie game and they go for two, and maybe the Browns win, and this is a moot point. But that's not how it played out. And the Saints went on a 17-point run that the Browns could not match in awful condition. All right, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Where are we at on him? And let me start by saying, obviously, we had some drop balls. I think he's doing better than the stats probably say. But the eye test tells me he's not where he was when we watched him play in Houston when he dominated, right? When I mean, even though Houston didn't win a lot of games, he still was, you know, an incredible quarterback. But then I watched the Eagles with Minshew, and I just sit there and think, that guy hadn't played all year and almost beats a, a very good team like the Cowboys. So that tells me that, you know, I mean, obviously the Eagles are way better than the Browns, but we always hear how talented the Browns are. So then I get concerned because it's like, well, if the Browns have this much talent and now they have the quarterback, so what's the problem then? So where are we? I mean, how much longer until this guy is where he needs to be so he can lead this team to the playoffs? Like if I'm a Browns fan, I'm kind of confused right now. Am I going into the offseason saying, ah, well, Watson will be better next year, but Will the Browns be, you know, good enough to back him? Will he finally get back? Like, is there concern? I mean, I, you know, I, I'm throwing a bunch of stuff at you, but uh, at the end of the day, where are we at with him? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's too early to be overly concerned about long-term Deshaun Watson. I, I think I've seen glimpses, and the Browns coaches have, and his teammates have, of the guy he was in Houston, right? So if you see it, then you think, okay, it can be he can be that guy more consistently. Uh, and we've talked about it. To me, Chud, the question is, does he stay healthy? Well, the questions are, does he stay healthy? And can he put all the off-field stuff, can he handle that mentally, right? And we're not going to know that. We're not going to know that when this season's over. But those, to me, those are two questions. I don't think he's regressed as a player. I think he still throws it great. I think he still runs it great. So – those are the two elements for me. Does he stay healthy? Does he deal with all the self-inflicted baggage that he's had? And again, I'm not. We're gonna not gonna know that answer. But from an on-the-field perspective, he certainly has not looked like that Pro Bowl player, right? And I wrote a story yesterday, him talking about how he's not worried about stats and it's all about winning. He came here to win a Super Bowl, and you know because the stats. You know, for a guy that led the league in passing and went to three Pro Bowls, and he met, he rattled off all those things, it's 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 probably not going to look like that in Cleveland, right? For a couple of reasons. One, you have weather games like you had Saturday and Christmas Eve. You had, and he knows it because when he was with Houston in 2020, it was November, and they had a weather game and nobody could move the ball. Right? It was that game where it was hail and sleet, and they delayed the game. So. Your, your stats aren't going to look like they did when you played in the Dome and then you played in the AFC South with all the good climate in the Domes there. So that's part of it. He's 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 going to have to adjust to that mentally, and he said he's fine with that. Um, you know, another part is the Browns, as much as we talk, just talked about that they don't run it enough for some people, they're still going to run it more than the Texans did, right? I mean, he's throwing the ball a bunch down there. 
and he's probably not going to throw it as much up here. So that's just a side point that he's fine. He says he's fine with that, and he's all about winning, and that's obviously the right attitude to have. Now, when it comes to his performance this year, to me, it's critical that by the end of the season, which is only, whatever, nine or ten days away, we're taping this on Friday, we don't know when that finale against Pittsburgh is. It could be Saturday or Sunday. Um, but they have two, the Browns have two games in the next, whatever, eight, nine, ten games, ten days. He needs to look like Deshaun Watson from 2020. And four weeks ago, I thought, oh, you know, six weeks, six games is a long time, right? He should be able to knock off all this rust. Now I have questions. And if he doesn't look like 2020 Deshaun Watson when they walk out of the former Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, um, then you then I think it's it's fair as a fan to wonder, okay, will he be the guy you need him to be week one? Can he close the rest of that gap? And he's closed part of that gap, right? There's been progress, but can he close the rest of that gap with another offseason, with the preseason? And I think that's a fair question. Now, maybe the last two games he plays great. Maybe they go into Washington, go into Pittsburgh, put up 30 a game, and the whole organization heads into the offseason thinking, hey, the guy, this is the guy that they traded for and they paid all that money to. But he needs to do that, and we have not seen it yet. There's been progress. It's tough to gauge him on that New Orleans game, right? He had a career-low passer rating, but you know, he could have thrown for another couple of touchdowns. Right, Cooper, Najoku, Peoples-Jones. Um, the conditions are terrible. So I, I do think there's been signs of progress throughout his four starts. But you're not – you're 100% right when you say that they haven't been as big, right, as significant as I, I think fans were hoping. And I think that it's reasonable to expect from a guy that's a three-time Pro Bowler and led the league in passing – the last time he played. Yeah. All right, so the Browns are now in last place. Think about that. The Steelers have overtaken them. Um, that's where we're at right now with two games to go. So what have the storylines been this week for you? Uh, you know, I saw, you know, a lot of talk about, hey, are they going to go with younger players, right. this and that. What, what, what are kind of the things we're uh, looking at here? Yeah, they're, you know, you know, Kevin Stefanski doesn't tend to give a uh, – Insightful answers. So he said, yeah, you know, maybe if there's a young guy that's earned it, he'll get a little more playing time, but we're going to do everything we can to win the game is the paraphrasing of his quote. To me, that means a guy like rookie running back Jerome Ford, maybe you see him instead of Kareem Hunt. And he's your number two back, and you see if he can play on third down. Or maybe it's maybe it's they use all three of them. You lose, use Kareem Hunt on third down because he picks up the blitz and he's, you know, that's his role. But on those possessions where Kareem Hunt gets the carries, maybe it's Jerome Ford. So you got to look at him in that role. I could see that. I mean, I, you know, there's not a whole lot of young guys that haven't played, right? Like receivers. David Bell's played a bunch. Michael Woods is the second has played some. Um, you know, is there a need to see safety DeAnthony Bell? You know, he's an undrafted rookie. Um you know, if the Browns thought he was any good, they would have played him because they've had some issues at safety. Um, you know, the whole linebacking core has been blown up. So, you know, I, I don't feel like there's really the candidates for this giant youth movement. Uh, but you could see a couple guys here and there and 
Jerome Ford's the one that really jumps out at me is maybe he starts to get a couple carries this week. Um, because he's only gotten three, and those were at the end of the um at the end of that Houston game when the Browns, you know, had the rare win, salted away with a couple minutes left. He got three carries for three yards. So um, but you know, so that you know, that was a little bit of the talk this week. I mentioned Joe Woods kind of falling on his sword and saying the run defense is coaching because he started to say, well, it's execution. We missed tackles. And then the follow-up was, well, are you saying it's personality? He goes, no, it's all coaching. It starts with us. We got to get these guys to execute. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he doesn't mean that completely, right? I'm sure they look and go, well, yeah, if you made a tackle, if you fit your gaps, but he fell on his sword. Um, We've talked about his uncertain future, but I did think from the interview with him, what was interesting, he said he doesn't think the defensive tackles, are the big problem that a lot of people think. And I, I think we've talked about it, Chud. You know, it's Jordan Elliott, it's Taven Bryan. It feels like that's where it starts, right? Their defensive tackles aren't good enough. The front office doesn't put a big priority on defensive tackles. I mean, they signed Bryan, but it was a one-year, $4 million deal. Elliott was a third-round pick, right? So there are resources, but there's not big-time resources. Um but, you know, Wood said, no, I don't think that's the number one issue. He goes, I don't think it's as big a deal as many people think. Game to game, most of the plays that we get beat on is just because we don't execute the defense more than an offense knocking us off the ball. Whether it's something hits the edge, we don't fit it correctly, it's more those things. Specifically with the tackles, I don't view it that way. So it's interesting that he said that because that's been such a popular opinion. Now, I talked to Jordan Elliott, who pro football focused ranks like near the bottom of the league he's near the bottom of the team from a run defense standpoint he's he's like got a 30.7 grade Elliot said he thought he was playing pretty well he says the defense is not set up for the tackles to like dominate right they're not a two gapping scheme so he goes you need the whole you need all 11 guys and he said it's kind of a make or break defense and when you're not playing he goes this defense will make or break you Meaning if not everybody's not together and everybody's not on the same page, it comes back to bite you. And obviously that's been a problem because it's come back to bite the Browns time and time again in the run defense. And maybe that's the problem with the scheme. That a lot of run schemes say, hey, we're going to rely on our big guys up front, right? But if you don't have that, and the Browns certainly don't have that, they're not built that way, then maybe you need too much stuff to go right on defense. So – I think that's something the Browns will certainly examine in the offseason because, to me, and I'd like to hear what you think, to me, the the bad run defense, the awful run defense, has been the number one reason this team is not going to go to the playoffs. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the defense is – and that maybe you know, I don't know if I explained my Minshew comment well enough, but I guess my point is, is that guy can come in and we see – it seems like other teams – can have backup quarterbacks come in and have success. And we're not even talking about a backup here. We're talking about Deshaun right. Watson. So it just, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to highlight is, is the fact that my, my concern is, you know, and we've said this before, Watson doesn't play defense. So, right. you know, if I, I'm just concerned overall about the team. And when I say that, that means defense. And guess what? When they've had their best games this year, Scott, what happened? Their defense played great. Right, right. No, that's that's a good point. Uh, yeah, because I did. I kind of got caught up in the actual quarterback part of your Minshew comment. Um, 
But that that's a valid point, Chud. It, 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 I think we've seen this season, it goes beyond quarterback. Now, next season, if Deshaun Watson plays like a top five quarterback, maybe that's different, right? Maybe he just wins games. And we've seen that in the league, right? You see Patrick Mahomes win games, and it's not the Chiefs defense, right? But when you lose, then you look at all the things that contribute to the losses. Um, but obviously, the Watson's not playing at that level, so then you need the defense to be better, right? You need your receivers to catch the ball. All those things come into play. And I do think it's fair to point out, you know, Baker Mayfield goes to the Chargers and wins on short notice. Um Minshew comes off the bench and wins. Now, I don't think those situations are apples to apples because of Watson's long layoff, um, because, you know, he's taking over in week 12 or 13. And I know Baker was too, but Baker started part of the season, right? Minshew's been with the Eagles the whole time. So it's not a straight-up comparison, but mm. but it's but it's worth it's worth mentioning. Right? Why do other teams seem to have instant success and the Browns don't? Um, and my only answer is because the Browns aren't that good. <laughs> right. Miles Garrett, quickly, I don't oh want to dive too much, but that, that's a storyline. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Chud. Yeah, we need to talk about it. And some people say, well, it's only three plays. I don't care. If, you're, if one of your captains and arguably your best player, and a guy that is taking on an increased leadership role, if he's done something that prompts the coach to bench him for the beginning of the game, that's that's troubling. Now, I'm not saying it means Miles Garrett's not worth his contract. I'm not saying it means he's not an all-pro. I'm saying it's not a good sign. And if you look at guys, and, and I, you know, I, I hate to just say because he's making this money. But we'll throw it all together. He's making a ton of money. He's probably going to go to his third, be an all-pro for the third straight time. He's gone to, he was voted to another Pro Bowl this year. If one of your top guys can't be trusted to be the perfect example day in and day out, week in and week out, that's a problem. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean it's a long-term problem. It doesn't mean he can't be the best guy next year or next week. But the fact that he did something, and, you know, Kevin Spansky won't say, and you hear different things, but whatever, it's a disciplinary issue, right? He fell short of team criteria, right? Whatever that is. Um, I, think that's a, I think that's a really bad look for Miles Garrett. And we're taping this Friday morning. We're hoping to talk to him like you always do Friday afternoon. And, and I want to hear what he says. I want to hear if he takes responsibility, if he kind of sloughs it off, if he says it was a miscommunication. Um, because I, I think that's important to see how he handles it. Uh, because again, you, you don't see Tom Brady, right? You don't see that happening with Tom Brady or with Jacoby Brissett or, you know, like with your best players on teams, you know, TJ Watt, you don't hear about that, right? Like, so those are the kind of guys you compare Miles Garrett to. And it comes in the same season where he got in that car accident for driving too fast, Right. And we've seen his history of driving too fast, and that's a bad look. And he took himself, he cost himself a game, right? That hurt the Browns from mm -hmm. his from his actions. He criticized rookie Perry and Winfrey for his immaturity early in the season. Didn't hold any punches. Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's a bad look for Miles Garrett. 
I think overall he's been he's try he's played really hard. I think he's played really well. I've defended him a bunch of times. I, I just think this I think that's troubling. Did you did you make it clear? Go over again exactly what he did. Do we, we don't know, know exactly? We don't know exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you hear different things. Um, it's, 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 I think you can say it's obviously it's not whatever he did wasn't huge, right? They, he was benched yeah. for three plays, but it, it's a violation of some team rule. He didn't practice like they wanted. I'm just throwing out potential things, right? Does it practice like he wants to? Does it show up like, does it show up when he's supposed to? Does it communicate? You know, Mary Kay of Cleveland.com said that, you know, he missed a couple of days with illness. He may, he didn't communicate well that he wasn't going to be there. His schedule, um, I, I don't know if that's I don't I don't know if it's as simple as that, um, but something that forced Kevin Stefanski to to stick up to his rules, right? Because we've seen it with Grant Delpit got benched for the first play against Miami. If you do X, Kevin Stefanski says the result is Y, and for Garrett that was. Missing at least the first three plays, it wound up being a three and out. So it was three plays at the beginning, right? I don't know if it was the first series, it was just going to be three plays. But Kevin Stefanski has rules, and if you don't live up to them, you have to live with the results. And it's public because it's Miles Garrett, and you notice when he's not out there to start the game. All right, Scott, we don't have much time left, so uh, let's get two last things here. I guess just, you know, what are we looking at with the commanders? They're switching quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, just give us a breakdown of uh, this team. Yeah, I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt. They're 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. Um, If the season ended, you know, they they would have the last wild card spot. The NFC East would have, I think, all four teams, I think, um, in the playoffs, which is remarkable. Um, so... They're still playing for something, but it just shows you where they are, state of the team. Yeah, they're, they're the last team in the NFC East. So um, they're, they're making a quarterback change. <laughs> Tyler Heineke, Carson Wentz starts the season, breaks a finger, goes on IR. Heineke goes like 5-3-1 and one, is a starter, but they're 0-2-1 in their last three games. And they went, they benched Heineke during the loss to the 49ers last week. Wentz came in, played pretty well. So they're sticking with Wentz. They're looking for a spark, right? Looking for a spark to end their season and get into the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting, right? Carson Wentz has been in this league long enough where we know what he does. He can extend plays. He throws the ball um, downfield. He's a big dude. He's tough to bring down. He also takes a bunch of sacks and turns it over. So, you know, I, I think there's I think there will, will be opportunities for the Browns. Uh, the commanders run it pretty well. Right? They're 12th in the league. Antonio Gibson might not play. He's been um, he's been out with an injury this week, but they also have Brian Robinson. So I think they'll run it regardless. Uh, Greg Newsom said they're different with Wentz. They don't do the play action pass. He's more kind of a straight drop back guy. So they say there's a there's a noticeable difference in their scheme when they go from Heineke to Wentz. They got some good receivers, Terry McLaurin. Um, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Uh, they have a really big time front four on defense. They're all first rounders. Chase Young is back from a knee injury suffered last year, returned last week, should play even more this week. So, you know, it's a good challenge. They're a grinded out team. They're they're tough. They they're number one in the league in time of possession. The Browns are number two. So I think possessions will be limited. So you better take advantage of the ones you have. 
But there, you know, we talked about mental toughness with the Browns and just overall toughness. This commander's team will test that because they make things tough. They make it hard to run. They can pressure you with four. So they drop seven in coverage. So you have to be careful as a quarterback. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of deep shots you can take. So you kind of have to grind it out. And that tests your mental toughness, especially if you've been eliminated from the playoffs and the other team hasn't. So I, I think it's, you know, from a talent perspective, I think the Browns match up pretty well. But, their, again, their mental toughness is going to be tested for a bunch of different reasons. All right, you ready for prediction? I am, buddy. All right, well, we both lost last week. Um, yeah. we're, bo- <laughs> we're both seven and eight now. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm kicking myself for that stupid Bengals pick. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'd be eight and seven. But, I mean, we could both do that, right? I mean, right. we could both go through and pick a game or two where we wish we would have done it different. Um, obviously, you know, it, you would like to have all the losses back. Uh, but, hey, we're one game better than the Browns. Um, I guess we look at it that way. Mm. But, um, anyway, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. And I'm probably going to kick myself after this one, Chud. Um, I think – I know you well enough that you're going to pick the commanders. So I'd like to, I'd like to separate myself from you. Um, I'm going to go Browns 27, 20. I know everything we've talked about. I do think there's a chance with the weather being better. Another week under his belt that Deshaun Watson plays significantly better. Right. I mean, the Browns have only scored one touchdown. Or they didn't score a touchdown on offense in his first start. And then they've scored one a game in his last three. 13 against the Ravens is the most points they've scored on offense. I, I think there's a chance, and I don't want to say break loose because that's too extreme, but I think there's a chance that he and the offense look a lot better. They're able to put up some points. I think you can get turnovers from Carson Wentz like I talked about. I'm just going through now. He threw two interceptions twice this year in six starts. Um, he threw one interception two other times. I mean, geez, he was sacked. Gosh, he was sacked. I'm doing some quick math. 17, 23 times this season already. And he's played six games in a quarter or something. So he got sacked five times, nine times, two times, three times, three times. So there's a chance that Miles Garrett can get to him and force fumbles, you know, stuff like that. So I, I think the Browns might be able to take advantage of that and – I don't think the commanders are that good. This feels like one of those games where everybody would go, hey, commanders have more at stake. It's at home. They're going to win. And I'm saying this is an exception. So give me the Browns 27-20. I know you know me well, and we've been <laughs> doing this for a long time, but I actually I actually am thinking the Browns too. Oh, and I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to talk myself into taking Washington because – I don't want to be talking next week and being like, ah, sell for it again. Right. You know, here we go. You know, you give the Browns another shot. But, like, you just made, like, all the points. Like, two and a half. Like, they're at home fighting for the playoffs, and they're only favored by two and a half. I mean, they're really not that – they're not a bad team, but they're really not that great of a team. And they only have one more win than the Browns. Yeah. I know they're playing at home. I guess my my concern is – is the Browns where they are at mentally, and do they just kind of give up? But the problem is, every time you think that that would happen this year, they turn around and and they have that game like against Tampa Bay, 
Or against, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Where you, oh, you they beat Baltimore they were, after they lost to Cincinnati. Ah, man. I'm going to go Browns 20-17, to 17, and I know that shocks you. Yeah, a little bit. Remember the one year the Browns, all they had to do was win in Cincinnati, yep. and then they would have made the playoffs, and then the next week they had to rely on the Colts, and it didn't work. Or maybe it was the same week. Do you remember that? Was no, that, that was, 2008? No, or it was uh, 2007, of- and – you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. They lost in Cincinnati. They won in the finale. I think they beat San Francisco, but um, they needed the Colts to win. The, the Colts. Colts. The Colts didn't play Peyton Manning, and they lost. Yep. Yeah, and they lost. So yep. it's just like that's like a game where like man, the Browns should have won. They they had you know, but that's kind of how I feel about Washington here. Like this is a game, and they might overlook the Browns with Dallas the final week. So I don't know. Yeah. I could change my mind in the next two days, and if I do so, I'll let you know. Because I'm not sold on it, Scott. I do right. not feel great about this prediction. I mean, I, I honestly, I think it's 50-50. I really do. This is the first game. And I think maybe it's in my head now, mental, where, like, I thought I knew what I was doing with these picks and right. things were going well and a couple games over 500. And I, now I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm in my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I think you make a good point about the Browns showing some resilience this season. And, again, obviously, I could be wrong about everything. But I, I expect that to happen again. Like I, I have not gotten the sense that they won't play hard. Like in in like we've talked about it. It should be automatic, right? But it's not. It's not always automatic. The team plays hard. I think the Browns will play hard. They played with good effort all year. I do think the Watson thing has kept everyone's attention inside the building, and there's a concerted effort to figure out the offense and figure out what's going on and like we talked about to get Watson close to or back to where he was in 2020 um so I, I think that's a motivational factor and you know you I know that things change in the offseason but a lot of these guys are going to be back Chubb's going to be back Najoka's going to be back Cooper's going to be back the line's going to be back right so there is a reason to try to build for next year especially with the specific situation of Deshaun Watson. So if if I expect the Browns to play hard, then that's more reason to believe they can win because they're probably as talented as Washington, if not more talented. We agree. All right. We'll, well see if we'll see if we're right. I guess we're coming I guess we're coming down to week eighteen, Chud, for the coveted battle of who picks less crappy. You remember <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, right. I got I got to get out to Berea. Go talk to some assistant coaches. Um, thank you, Chud. Happy New Year to you, buddy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, uh, everyone out there listening. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll do this again next week and discuss the uh, season finale of Pittsburgh. Maybe that. Maybe the Browns will need to play spoiler in Pittsburgh because Pitt, the Steelers still have a chance to go to the playoffs, which is pretty amazing for everything. Uh, everything they've been through this year. So thank you. This has been another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast, and you can read all my work at brownzone.com.